in a world filled with intergalactic space battles. Metahuman destruction on a global scale. And psychopathic serial hauntings. There's only one team who can make sense of it all. When your world is overrun with rampant pop culture, call Luminary Guardians of Geek. Oh, yeah! Woo! <laughs> Big boom! <laughs> <laughs> we are back. I am Loop. And I'm Larry! And it's Guardians of Geek, and uh, we're back for another episode. And it's been a little while. It's been a few That's, weeks. Yeah, a couple weeks, few. Yeah. yeah. Time, time gets away from us. You know how it is. <laughs> As you get older, you forget what time it is. And, or know, what year it is. You just don't know. Yeah, we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> with this pandemic i have no idea when when anything is anymore what's been uh, happening or as far as i are. know it's still 2019 <laughs> i'm pretty sure so anything we do at this point is just like icing on the cake really. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got a uh, pretty cool episode today we've got uh, no pop five this week because we're actually reviewing in the pop capacitor two movies yep. that are uh, the ewoks movies and they're back to back so it, it just it, to have time for those um, we are not going to do pop five, but we are going to talk a little bit about what we're kind of geeking out on right now. And uh, Larry, what's going on with you? Well, I, I, I wanted to give a shout out to a beloved Canadian program that I have been binging so that I could so that I could catch up before the series finale happens. <laughs> You're talking Larry style. Of a... <laughs> this is what I do. I binge a show when I know the finale is coming just so I can watch the finale on the day that it happens. <laughs> <laughs> so i was doing that so um the show i'm talking about is called kim's convenience and oh, i yeah. don't know if, if you've heard of this if you watched it yeah no I've, uh, I've heard i've definitely seen it like but i haven't watched it like i just because there's a thousand shows on so but it, yeah. it looks good though it's great it is it is so much fun and it's one of those shows that i that flew under my radar for the longest time but of course i found out that the thing was going to end so i gotta jump on the bandwagon <laughs> <laughs> but anyway it's it's one of my now it's one of my favorite shows it's so good but the reason i bring it up is because so it's it's a canadian show it takes place in toronto um and it's about a korean family that owns a variety store and sort of their just their daily lives like it really is a show about nothing it's like seinfeld yeah. but it's the the character are so lovable and just it's just a really nice show anyway the father in the family uh who is referred to as appa on the show which is korean for for father um his name is paul sung sun hyung lee um and the reason i'm including this in our podcast is because he also uh made an appearance in uh the mandalorian um yep. at Ca captain carson tiva one of the uh, x-wing pilots but what, what was so cool about that is that he is a massive <clears throat> massive geek like a massive star wars fan and and just an all-around geek to the point where he actually makes his own uh star wars costumes like oh wow accurate helmets and outfits and just on his spare time <laughs> like, just for fun so That's like incredible. This, is, this is how yeah this is how geeky he is and so for him to land that part in the mandalorian was a massive deal but it was even cooler for people who were watching kim's convenience because you know everybody just knew him as you know the friendly uppa from from the Kim's Convenience Variety Store and blah blah blah, and then all of a sudden there he is on the Mandalorian and on the worldwide stage, and and it was it was just so exciting, and you could see the like the how excited it was for him in you know when he was performing this whole thing. So I just wanted to give a little shout out to uh, a now Canadian classic, Kim's <laughs> Convenience, that just just wrapped up uh, last week. Uh, sadly, they they cut it one season too early. They cut it one season early. It was supposed to have six seasons. Yeah. The showrunners decided that they didn't want to run it anymore, uh, so they decided to end it with one season left to go, which was unfortunate because it didn't really wrap up things properly. But anyway, that's how things go. So that was that's my that's my big geeky binge. For, uh, <laughs> yeah. what, isn't there a character in it too? That isn't it the guy that's in that Shang Chi or whatever the yes. like the Marvel movie as well. He's that guy's in it as well, right? Yeah. So so Uppa's son Jung in the show is is now become the the lead actor. So from this little tiny Kim's Convenience TV show, you've got a spinoff Mandalorian connection and a Marvel. Uh, new Marvel franchise connection. It's it's crazy. Like yeah, it's, from it's, this little show, eh? Like isn't that crazy? Yeah, 
Yeah. So it's yeah. So there's there. If you want to see the origins of these people, <laughs> check out. I believe it's streaming on uh, Netflix uh, right now. But uh, it's it's just a great show. So oh, that's cool. Yeah, so that's what I've been up to. Excellent. How about, how about you? What what have you been doing? Well, I got two two quick things. I I finally finished it. Remember, like podcast oh, ago, the... I started reading the book. Wow, you finished that? I finished the whole thing. Wow. Yes. How, how long? Put this, did, how put many this years date in your it? calendar that I had actually <laughs> finished. Well, I actually finished it about three weeks ago, but I did finish it. Yeah. Um, the, how, how many How many years has it been that you've been watching? Reading I, not even like, not even a year. Like I bought it last summer, I think. What? Yeah, and then I started wow. reading it. So uh, it's very got impressive. It. It, 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 it was weird though. It's it's weird when you read a book after you've seen the series, or I guess even yeah. vice versa, because you see all the things that they left out of the book that right. went in that that didn't go into the series or how they flip characters around or whatever. And also it's weird because there was a mini series and the series yep. or in the, in the movies, it both took a, like different things from the books that the others didn't. Yeah. So I found that kind of interesting as well, but there's some stuff in that book that I'm like, I'm kind of glad they did not put in the, in the movies in there. Just like there's this well, isn't, side isn't there a, stuff. There's, wasn't there a, like a really controversial scene sort of with all the guys yeah yeah and <laughs> yeah it was it was very odd it's there's some yeah. really weird like twisted scenes in there that they just didn't put in any either of the versions so yeah anyway, really I, didn't finish it. I was very excited to finish it like i was like i'm gonna i'm like i'm gonna finish this book i'm gonna get it done so then i wa- i watched both movies back to back after i had read the book just to see what was there and what wasn't there and i caught a lot more stuff in the second viewings of the really of the, yeah the uh just things that like because I had read the book as well, it really helped rewatching yeah. the movies again. So it was really cool. So that's that, awesome. Well, that was cool. I, I admire you because I've I've started the book. I'm 100 pages in. Oh yeah, I, that that was um that was last summer. So. <laughs> <laughs> I just stuck with it, and I'm like, I'm gonna finish this thing, and I yeah. just binged it, and I got through it. So it was good. It's a good re- like it's a good book. Like it's a good yeah. read. Like it's exciting and and fast. But like the pacing is great. Like it really, it's just so daunting. It's like what 900 and whatever pages. Like yeah, and they go into a lot more history of dairy and things in it too, which they don't really. They kind of graze in the movies, but they go into a lot more detail and big scenes of like things that happened in the past and and uh with pennywise and it's just very odd but it's it's good it's really good the other thing i did uh quickly speaking of movies is i I finished all of the oscar movies i am done how did you get them all oh i have my ways of getting the movies when they need to be gotten (laughs) (laughs) no they're all i you can either rent them or you can uh, or stream every one of them oh they are all out now because i know like i know that um nomad land is finally on disney plus yeah and, and, and it wasn't even you didn't have to rent it it's just on it it's just there <laughs> yeah like which was weird because it just came out and i thought oh you're gonna have to rent this for sure uh, yeah. i think there was three we had to rent so oh really like yeah. through itunes or, or someplace like that yeah like or just uh, like on demand or wherever oh, okay. like uh, like where whatever on demand system you have for your like for me it's rogers on demand or whatever yeah. so um so to, um we've talked about this before how did you enjoy the father Honestly, the father was one of the best movies of the bunch. And I watched it last thinking, okay, this is, this is going to be like, I don't know anything about it. I just know that it has to do with dementia. And I thought, and I thought it's just gonna be this person in bed, like dying or something, but it was not what I thought it was. It's really cleverly done really, because you do it. I just, this doesn't give much away, but there's your, some of the reality is his reality and not the reality that's actually going on. Oh, So you see what you kind of see the confusion someone that has dementia would have. Oh, like of, of people and faces and it's very odd it's it's well well done and it was so good i like i was like man this is it's powerful it's it's what's it no it's just it's it's uh anthony hopkins is so good in it like he's just so he's kind of fun but like when he's when he gets confused it's just like your heart breaks for him and it's 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 not i wouldn't even call it depressing it's, just, it's very just it's a cool movie it's a really cool movie all right and it was one of my favorite ones yeah. I thought um, uh, Nomadland was the most depressing of the movies. I thought, really? yeah, it, it, it was, I liked it, but it, I found it like dirty. It sort of had to get left you a little bit dirty. And it was like, you, you'll, have you seen it yet? No, I'm, it's on my list to watch. Yeah. You'll, you'll, you know what I mean when I say that. And then okay. it was like, it, it, I found it the most depressing of it. it was good. I just found it like the most depressing of them. Interesting. Okay. Well, now, now I'm, so now I've got one week. <laughs> the Oscars <laughs> are one week from the day we're, uh, we're recording this podcast so uh you got how many have you seen now um one and a half. 
Oh no. Because <laughs> <laughs> I still I fell asleep halfway through Mank. <laughs> so Mank! <laughs> and then that just put me off at all of them. I'm like, all I right, can't well. even get through Mank. How it's am I gonna a... get through the father? <laughs> yeah it's they're all good they're all like good in one way or another i actually would rank mank a little bit lower on it yeah. but um they're all they're all good in some way shape or form so well and that's the that's the funny thing about the oscar movies like every year there's movies on the oscar best picture list that we're all like i don't i'm not interested that it doesn't look like and then you just watch it because it's a it's a best picture and then you realize why it's a best picture nominee. yeah it is it's like you can't just close yourself off from a movie just because you might think that it's not eh, it's not going to be that interesting or it's a there's a reason why things are nominated <laughs> yeah so that, you know yeah I, the father I, was one that it's just based on the cover is all i had to go on i didn't know yeah. much else about it and it was like when things started happening i'm like what is going on in this like it was really confusing so yeah. it was it did its job i didn't know exactly what it was trying to do at by the end and you're like yeah this is cool all right so anyways that's it that's my uh, that's my what i've been working on my 10 hour oscar movies and uh <laughs> finishing, finishing a book so the uh i think it's about time we go to the pop capacitor you want to do that sure let's just jump right back in time what It's the pop capacitor. And today we're talking about two Ewok movies that came out in the eighties, which I actually kind of forgot about until Disney plus put them back on recently. And uh, what do you call these again, Lawrence? Before you go, um, I just want to let you know, this is an Ewok double shot. It is not. There's nothing called that. No one has ever called called that. It was actually called that. And and then I decided that it better, it's, it's better to call it the Ewok talkie talk because that's what we're doing. We're talking Ewok, so it's the Ewok talkie talk. And then I thought that's really complicated for you, really? So I just shortened it down to the Ewokie talk. So, this is pretty, so we're about to launch into, oh, where are you going? <laughs> <laughs> that is not a thing. <laughs> it is, it's the Ewokie talk. All right, oh let's God. get into it. <laughs> so, so there's two movies, uh, Caravan of Courage and Battle for Endor. They came out, uh, two consecutive years back in 84 and 85. So uh, let's start out with uh, Caravan of Courage, which is the first of the Ewok movies. This one came out on November 25th, 1984. So that's like, what, a year after um, Empire? Yeah. Uh, about, about a year and a half, because the other one came out uh, in May of 1983. So about a year, year and a half later. And this was an ABC Sunday night movie. And it was actually broadcast on the radio at the same time. Like really? simulcast on the radio. Yeah, that's... Uh, who, who would have been listening to it on the radio? I don't know. It's like people who, just, <laughs> people who want it sonically. I guess you're, the, the idea was that you could turn it on, watch it, and then have like a stereo sort uh-huh. of like experience. Okay. So that's what they did back in the day, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it had they were, six- MacGyver- they were Mac- MacGyvering all their movies so they could get the best quality. <laughs> I've never even heard of this happening before. So, no, um, And then uh, 16 million viewers, uh, and it was nominated for two primetime Emmy Awards and one, oh, no. and one for the uh, best special effects. Really? For, for that, yep. Oh, really? Oh, I got really deep into these movies. Really, uh, really curious to know what the other special effects heavy movies were in, uh, or if this one won for best special effects. Well, in 84, wouldn't have, um, like, V could have been out that year, yeah. that yeah. miniseries. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how they're how they're done. I let's just say I, I when you said when you suggested these, I was like, oh my god, I gotta watch these Ewok movies. Yeah. Because <laughs> the first thing I think when I see these two is I'm thinking, oh, it's gonna be another Star Wars Christmas special. Yes. Like totally. with, the, with the Wookiees. Like I, that's what I was kind of expecting, but then I, I got immersed in them pretty deeply. Yeah. yeah they're, they're, yep. I did too. I was really surprised. And I don't think I've seen these movies. Well, I, I mean, I think I probably saw them on TV when they came out. Yeah. So apparently even the, the home video release, uh, stop was, is out of print. Like you haven't been able to, uh, to pick these up on DVD or Blu-ray or anything. So if you haven't seen them since the, the TV show, uh aired it's really difficult to actually have watched them so yeah i think the last release i read was in 2004 yeah i think and it was like a double dvd with both movies on it but it discontinued pretty quickly after that it's really because i actually remember a couple of years ago this coming up 
in conversation or something. So I thought I, I I should really pick these up. Like I have all the other Star Wars stuff. I should and I couldn't find them. Like and I and, and you can get them on eBay, but they're really like ridiculously expensive. Yeah. And I thought I'm not spending crazy money for a movie that may actually be garbage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially if you haven't seen it in a while, right? Like yeah. Oh, first of all, let's. I just want to give a, a shout out to Disney Plus for creating a vintage section on the Star Wars their Star Wars page now, yep. which is super cool looking because it's uh, like all of the like the boxes where the titles for all of the movies look like the old um, uh, card backs for uh, superhero the the action figures the Star Wars action figures. It looks really cool. It's really neat, and I love that they've actually got this vintage section now. So they're gonna hopefully keep adding like classic star wars stuff to it so i was super excited just to even be in the vintage star wars section <laughs> it's also known as not canon <laughs> section oh yes <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll call it the legacy section <laughs> yeah <laughs> so we want to do some hits and misses on uh we'll start with so caravan of courage came out first it was yep. the first one and these movies have the same characters so it's like basically a part one and a part two that came out so yeah um, it's, it's it's literally like a because they happen they're supposed to happen six months apart so it's literally like a like a three month or like a three hour movie really yeah. i mean you, you can watch them back to back and it makes sense like they actually do sort of connect definitely two sort of different styles for sure too though like the way they're they're done but um so let's, we can start in on hits and misses i got some other facts i'll sprinkle in as we go because uh, <laughs> again i got way too much into these when i started watching them really so, uh, <laughs> all right um, why don't you lead us off okay well the first thing i i'll say is that these movies are way better looking than i thought they're going to as yep. far as special effects for for like a tv movie like i thought these were going to be terrible and they were actually really well done yeah yeah, I, I I felt the same way. Like, I mean, I mean, George Lucas was behind them, so yeah. he was fresh off Star Wars, so he was still sort of in the mindset. So he, you know, and he had made the big mistake with the with the holiday special, <laughs> so yeah. he knew what not to do for a TV show. So he really did. I mean, obviously the budget was a lot lower than a than a regular feature length movie in a theater, but but he knew like the and the nice thing about setting up a uh, an Ewok story is that it all takes place just in a in a forest yeah he didn't even have to really create sets <laughs> yeah i found this forest a little different than the other the endor forest yes it wasn't quite as like uh the other one was Fun. yeah even though i think this was shot in a redwood forest but it, it the other one was felt more redwood than than uh yes than yeah this it, was, did, but... it was just more lush like there was a yeah. lot more greenery and a lot more like sort of big trees that had fallen and it just looked sort of busier but yeah. but it's still i mean it's it was easy for them to shoot because you just go to the forest <laughs> yeah and you're and you're set everything is there so it did look like a star wars universe like it it did carry over from the the endor uh scenes in the movies so i think that was a big hit for me was that it, you you it did feel like a continuation yeah of the, of the films i found this piece of info which i thought kind of interesting because obviously with both these like you don't have the budget you would have for like a star Wars or an empire strikes strikes back. So you have to kind of cut some corners. Um, yeah. But the, uh, to save money, they use snow speeder wings for the star cruiser that had crashed ah. that they, they, they lived in. Yeah. Um, and that there's a part where the, one of the kids gets uh, the boy gets attacked by like a worm that comes out of a tree. That's yeah. the, that's the exact same worm that was in empire strikes back that comes out of the, uh, out of the planet and tries to grab the millennium Falcon. Oh, really? It's the same puppet. Like it's the same. Oh. They just reused it because they had, they needed something and they're like oh we have this sitting back at like lucasfilm or whatever and they just reused that i thought that was kind of funny i now i have to go back and rewatch i that to, i totally missed that that's what that was that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> but by doing that it gives you that sense that you're still in the same universe i should do the plot of this just just a brief just plot briefly. synopsis which is a family is stranded on endor and uh the parents get captured by this giant and yes. um the kids along with the Ewoks who kind of befriend the Ewoks or they befriend them either way um, have to go in, and they decide to, to do, to create a caravan of courage, make their yeah. way to the temple of this giant and save the parents. It's very believable in the Ewok world. Like what we knew of yeah. Ewoks before it made sense that they would befriend these kids and sort of want to help out. Like we saw them help, you know, Luke and, and Han and Leia and, and all of that. So it made sense that the, the Ewoks would be that the helpful little, forest folk <laughs> forest folk <laughs> i want some forest folk right? 
So uh, Warwick Davis did play um, Wicked again. And I, in fact, a lot of the actors that were the Ewoks in the movie were actually the Ewoks in this as well, which I thought was kind of cool. They yeah. brought a lot of them back. I didn't yeah. realize Warwick Davis too was like 16 or something. Oh, when he was he... like 14. Or, yeah, well, I guess he was about 15 because I think he was 14 when he played uh, Wicked the first time in the movie. So this was a year and a half later. He had been 15, yeah, 15 yeah. or 16, something like that. Yeah, he was really young. Yeah, that surprised yeah. me. I, I always picture him as just being older, like, but uh, yeah, he was super young in this. And um, the uh, the little girl in it, apparently she was only four years old when she did this movie and she couldn't read or memorize lines. So they basically just told her her lines prior to shooting the scene. And really? luckily she was able to like, she just kind of regurgitated whatever they told her to say. And that's how yeah. they got through this. Well, that's uh, actually pretty, I mean, that's pretty impressive. She, I didn't realize, so that means- that the next movie she was only like six yeah which i think she probably could memorize lines better in the next one yeah. but she uh in this one they she was so young they just like basically said okay this you're gonna say this and then she just yeah. repeated it back it. well that's kind of impressive then because she actually did it she did not about it not about a job <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what happened there what star wars characters that that you're doing <laughs> like... <laughs> i turned into watto for a second <laughs> 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 yeah no she did she did a fairly good job now i mean okay so a little bit of a miss here i feel yeah. like the brother her the brother and i can't remember that his character's name but if, if you're watching the youtube version he's right over my shoulder here this oh yeah this, yeah i feel like they cast him because he's an exact double of luke skywalker a young luke skywalker <laughs> like he to me he looked exactly like luke skywalker I just found him like just a horrible actor. <laughs> like he was just so over the top and so like dramatic and over dramatic. And I just, I was just like, just calm down. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently he nailed a monologue. Like that's what got him the job. Apparently really? He's, like his monologue was so good. And he just uh, I didn't mind him that much. I thought he was all right. I knew that you, you, you were like, you couldn't stand them, but I, uh, <laughs> I was not a fan of the brother. <laughs> I didn't mind the brother. I was like, eh, he's pretty good. Like he, I mean, for his age, like he's uh, but, but I did think that he looked exactly like Luke Skywalker. Didn't, did do you think that? Like, he kind of did. Yeah. A little bit. He's, he's wearing like through the whole movie, he's wearing the orange uh, flight suit that, yeah. that yeah. Luke wears on Hoth. So I'm not, yeah. I'm not really sure why he's wearing that, but he is. Yeah, I don't know either. It's like, <laughs> yeah. And his hair is very similar and just, like it just looked he looked very luke skywalker-ish to me and i just felt like that was part of the casting was just to get like somebody who looked like luke maybe I yeah but um yeah i just i just found him really over the top and just sort of more angry or something there's something about him that i <laughs> yeah well i mean it's it's a child actor right like so yeah. they're they tend to uh, go to the school of Barney acting a little <laughs> bit sometimes, like, and it's not their fault. I mean, they're just, they just haven't like honed their skills yet. Right. To yes. be able to, but uh, yeah, no, I understand what you're saying though. He was like, there was, there's a few parts in there. He sort of like over, overdid it, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I mean, that's up to the director to pull him back as well. Right. Well, so, yep. There is that too. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was just a contrast between him and the, the little girl. And now knowing that the little girl was four years old and like she, she was pretty, tame like she she seemed to react appropriately to scenes so uh it, it just made him a bit more over the top i found but yeah well, that's all right but that's all right it wasn't it didn't make me hate the movie at all so that that's all right <laughs> <laughs> i like um one of my hits on it was uh too was the uh, i like that there was a narrator i didn't yes. know i didn't think they used a the narrator quite enough in it like they could have used i think it's burl ives i think did the yeah it was an interesting take because none of the Star Wars movies or anything had ever used narrators. I don't know why they chose to do that. Like it wasn't the style of Star Wars to do that, but I, I thought it was good. Like it, it made it feel like, you know what? I wonder now that you've mentioned that they were simulcasting it on the radio. I wonder if they did the, had the narrator on there for radio audiences yeah, because to kind of cover some of the scenes where nothing was happening. Yeah, because if they but, didn't have the narrator in there, there would have been a lot of scenes of walking and, you know, just moving from one place to another. And, you know, that's I, I felt too, it kind of covered the uh, issue that they had in the Christmas special was where the Wookiees didn't talk. And right. it was kind of like good to say like, uh, like now Wicket and his father go to like they, it just yes. sort of like it, it, it 
move the action along basically yeah. like and it was uh because they couldn't speak so you can kind of find out what they're doing without uh unlike the christmas special we had no idea what the wookies were doing at like, any point in the movie no like the first 20 minutes <laughs> you had no idea what was going on <laughs> yeah that's very true no i did i did like that i, I thought the narration was neat well and plus it, it's also i mean it's also more a, a kid movie so it more it felt more like a fable you know what I mean? Like it yeah. with the narrator in there, it made it felt feel more like a like a like a like a tale of old. <laughs> <laughs> kind of reminded me of Willow had a Willow feel to it. Like it did. Well, I mean that was yeah, I mean that was George Lucas as well. So he yeah. you could see you could see the origins of of Willow and especially in the next movie we'll talk about in a second, Battle Battle for Endor, you could really see sort of that magic and and yeah. that, developing and you could see where george lucas was heading with willow <laughs> after these movies he was like hey this is a genre i like <laughs> <laughs> did you find the music sometimes i like the music generally in these yeah but you find it kind of sound like star trek at times there's, oh, there's, a, there's a few parts that sounded like the da, na, 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 na. like i had that so oh. i'm like are they like stealing star trek music like it was a, <laughs> there's a few little parts in it that i was like had those like star trek riffs in them and i'm like yeah oh. Interesting. I didn't catch that, but that was on my one of my hit on my hits. One of my hits for this movie was I actually really liked the soundtrack. I yeah. thought it was I thought it was really good. Like it was it didn't really have many of the Star Wars themes in it, like the traditional ones, but it was a big like orchestral soundtrack for a for a made for TV movie um that really made the action better. I was really impressed that um you know a movie like this i mean but also i mean you got to remember the, by this time star wars was a was a you know a global phenomenon because yeah um all three movies had come out it was a massive hit so they could afford to put more into it but i was just i, I actually was really enjoying it for both of the movies i thought the soundtrack was actually really quite good yeah and next time you watch it just take a listen there's a couple parts where i'm like it sounds a little bit like star trek yeah. like, just a tiny okay. bit like i don't like just enough that it, 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 it sparked my ears. I was like, hey, what's going on in this? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> One of my other uh, quick hits was um, early on in the Ewok, uh, in uh, in uh, Caravan of Courage, you hear a lot of yub-nub. yub-nub. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> which, which made me think that they were actually going to play the uh, the the original song from, from Empire Strikes. They never did. <laughs> no, I wish <laughs> they did too. That would have been cool. Jedi, yeah. Yeah, but they didn't. But it was. I just thought it was kind of cool to hear yup, 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 yup. I don't know why. I don't know why that brought me such happiness, but it did. <laughs> um, one of my misses was that poor horse. There's a part in it where they're around the caravan. This horse has to carry like it looks like the size of a small RV on its back. Yes, and it's, then they keep loading kids into it. I know they keep loading it. people into it. And I'm like, yes. how can this poor like even like without anybody in it, it looked super heavy yeah like maybe oh, it, it was, wasn't but it looked really it was massive yeah it was absolutely huge and they were literally like they put wicket in it and then they put the girl in it and <laughs> i mean i don't know i mean maybe they made it out of like balsa wood or something so that it would be really light i don't think you ever saw anybody come out of it when no. it was on the horse so i i think the inside shots were shot separately yeah they must have been yeah but i don't like i don't know what it was made of but it looked it was massive yeah it, you could have put another horse inside this thing <laughs> It was an Ewok <laughs> RV. Like, it yeah. was like, like but, but yet the, the horse was actually walking with it. Like, yeah. yeah the horse, I mean, so I don't know, but it was a massive structure on the back of this horse. <laughs> <laughs> it was so ridiculous. It was, it was so huge. Uh, I have one more, uh, one more hit for this. And I, I really like the giant in this. So they have this, the giant steals the parents. They have to go to this like castle to um, find the giant. Yeah, uh, reminds me of another miss I had in here, but um, the but the giant it was pretty cool actually. Like I thought it looked great. It did. They that that was a like a big hit for me all around, and in, in this whole Ewok adventure was the styling of the the costumes, like and the yeah. creatures. Like they they were uh, they were the same as creatures you would have seen in the movies, like in the theatrical releases. So I mean, they put a lot of work into creating. You know, for the time, I mean, now they look pretty dated, you yeah. know, because they don't really like the mouths don't really move. And that, oh, that brings up another uh, miss for me. I'll tell you in a second. But okay. uh, <laughs> they, the, they, you know, they don't move very fluidly and it's they're pretty like a solid 
headpiece kind of thing. But the detail is really cool. And and yeah, I was really impressed with the amount of time that they took to create these worlds. But but my miss <laughs> was that they, even after uh, Return of the Jedi, when they had the Ewoks, for whatever reason, in the first movie, Caravan of Courage, the Ewoks' mouths didn't move. Did you notice that? There oh, was yeah. a lot of yub nubs, and they would just be like, yug nug, yug nug, yug nug. You go to here, yug nug. <laughs> Their mouths never move. Lightning. <laughs> yeah, like why wouldn't they just put hinges or something so the actors inside could have like moved the chin up and down? So you did, it was hard to even like figure out who was talking because there was no <laughs> movement. They fixed that for the Battle of Endor. Yeah. Battle of Endor, that was one of the first things I noticed was that the mouths now actually moved up and down. So you can hear, but we'll talk about that in a minute. But anyway, I was <laughs> that was the one miss, one of the one of the misses that I found with the costuming. I, as much as I loved it, I was like, why couldn't you have just fixed the mouths so they could <laughs> <laughs> I know it's just it was kind of creepy. Yeah, the, uh, in that scene, the one of my misses was the spider because everything else looked really cool. But yeah. this, they had these giant spider. This giant spider it might have been two of them. I can't remember. I think it might have just been the one, because yeah. um, they have to use a, a spider web to crawl to go across this big ravine, yes. um, this big cavern. And uh, so they halfway across, this giant spider comes down, and it looked so fake. It yeah. was like it was like the. <laughs> And I'm like, how does everything else in this movie look really good? And the spider looks so terrible. Yeah, it, it was like it was, just, it was just like it had dangling arms and like it looked like it was made out of pipe cleaners and like it just was not a good looking spider. No, it's it's almost like the day of that shoot, they're like, wait a minute, we've got spider web. We should probably have a spider in here too. What have we got in the shed that we can cobble together to make a cobble that looks like a spider? <laughs> yeah, it was really out of place. Like it really felt out of place with all of the other costuming and and obviously like all the foam rubber hands and stuff like this just oh yeah like, you know like uh like a public school science fair project <laughs> <laughs> I agree. and i like how uh, they're so they, they go they get across the web over the cavern to get to the to the um giant's lair yeah they cut the the spider web yes and then so when they come back of course you got to go pat across the same cavern again there's no spider web to climb suddenly there's a rope there do you know yes. <laughs> just all of a sudden like a magic rope had appeared and they just start yeah. using it <laughs> well and didn't they okay so uh, i'm just trying to remember the timeline here so they they got across they fought like they, they, the spider web they got across but didn't when they got across didn't they drop the spider into the cavern like the spider yeah. was so then what was the point of cutting the spider web I, mean, I don't know. I didn't understand like, that either. Like they killed the spider. It was gone. They needed to get back. The spider web was the way to get back. And yet they cut it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, it probably wasn't good planning. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other thing I don't understand is the, if the cavern was big enough. Even the giant couldn't get over it. Yeah. So how did the giant get into the, into the cavern? So there must've been a doorway somewhere they could have just walked out of. Well, like see, at the I, end. I just assumed the giant was born in there. <laughs> And so he, he didn't ever have to worry about the cavern. Well, he's the one that he went into the woods to get the parents. So he carried oh. the parents. So he carried two parents all the way from where they were. It took them forever right. to get there. It's from wherever they were and carried them all the way to this castle or wherever he lives, this lair. So he had to have a door somewhere to right. get in. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. They explored a little bit more when they were there. They should have looked around a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. See if they had had like a crystal fox. Or yes. something who could have like led them out the back entrance, <laughs> like they did in in the Last Jedi. That would have been <laughs> useful for them. But <laughs> but yeah, you're right. But I just didn't understand why they cut that. But fortunately, ropes appear when spider webs are cut. So yeah, that's true. That's, that's usually what how it happens. <laughs> so I have another miss, but I'm gonna I'll I'll fold it into the next movie because there's a right. a big part in it that I want to mention. But so a year later, November 24th, 1985, apparently. I read that the um, they wanted Caravan of Courage, ABC, because it did so well, they wanted it to be the pilot for a, t a, new, a TV series. And right. Lucas said, no, I don't want to do that, but I'll do another movie. And so they did the, that's what he's kind of, I think his plans are already for a second movie. Um, so they scrapped the idea for a series. And then they did Battle of Endor, which is the second movie that they, uh, and, and Lucas wanted it to be a little bit darker. So it was uh, parental discretion advised. And surprisingly, it didn't do quite as well really the as caravan of courage did but it was nominated for three emmys and then again it won visual effects see 
having seen both of them now, and I know because I read about, I read this before going into them. Caravan of Courage seems to be the one that fans like. Like yeah. of the of the two movies, that's the one that the fans say, you know, that's that's the movie. Battle of Endor, man, eh, not so much. I actually really liked Battle of Endor. I liked Battle of Endor better than Caravan of Courage. Same here. I liked them. I liked yeah. it way better than Caravan of Courage. Like I wouldn't say yeah. way better, but I liked it better than than uh, Caravan of Courage. Yeah. I did too. I like it was a bit darker, <clears throat> but it would the action was amazing. Like there was, I just thought the the action was great and the costuming was great. The scale was bigger yeah. um, on the second movie. Like they had a lot more extras uh, in full costume, so it just looked bigger. They had castles. They had it just. I just thought that they did a really good job with the second movie. I was I was really quite impressed. <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty cool. Um, yeah. I I really like the. Um, just the the whole scope of it like it just seemed much a much bigger and well thought out movie than the other one like it wasn't so yes. simple the other one seemed a little bit more simple this one seemed a lot more complex i guess like yeah um there was a, give a little rundown of the plot of this one yeah so this one uh the family is still on the planet and <laughs> uh the village ewok village gets attacked so um it's, it's six months later yeah, by uh, Tarek and his band of evil doers, which are kind of behind me if you're watching the YouTube version. They're and uh, evil doers. <laughs> yeah, they basically burn the camp down. Essentially, like the Ewok yeah. village or whatever. Um, see, this is a different Ewok village too. I should mention than the one you see in the movie. The other one was in the trees. This one's yeah. more like a ground level sort of like side village, I guess. Yeah, um, much much easier to recreate a village on the ground. Yeah, for, for, for sure. <laughs> everything up in the trees. Yeah, <laughs> although so they, it it did surprise me that they didn't just reuse the sets. Like if they're making you because it's Wicket, like Wicket lived in the trees. You'd think yeah. that they would have just brought the sets, like the tree uh, house sets, over from. It was only a year and a half later they would still exist. Yeah, unless they like burnt them or something after the show Maybe. movie was done. I don't know. Yeah, they seem to kept. They, they seem to keep a lot of props though. So. Um, yeah. But so anyway, they burn the they burn the village down and they uh, they take um, did they I can't remember if they captured someone there they they went no, back to they, their castle. Well, they they captured the father like the father. So the whole the whole premise is Tarek, the big bad evil dude, uh, and they never real. This is something I maybe you you can explain through. They didn't never really explain why this is, but Tarek wants this power tube. Uh, he he wants he needs this tube, which is essentially just like a, a uh, like a power core for a spaceship, like a, yeah. you know. But Tarek wants this power core because he wants the power. Um, so he thinks that the family, the the parents and the two kids have this power that he wants. So that's why he attacks them. Um, but in the process of of doing that, he kills the mother. So the mother, like this, is pretty dark. They, yeah. like, he kills the mother. Um, the brother is the same brother and he's fighting and he gets shot and killed. <laughs> so he's dead. Um, then they, uh, then they captured the, the father, like they captured the father at his spaceship and we're like, oh, we want the power. We want, he's like, I don't know what you're talking about the power. And then uh, another little battle ensues there and they shoot the father. <laughs> um, and then the father is dead and the little girl um, Cinder runs off. So she's hey so kids, she's, watch Battle of Endor on ABC. <laughs> so <laughs> dark. It's so it's dark. The first like 10 minutes of the movie. I know. Like, it's literally like, oh, hey, there's the, the brother from the other movie. Oh, he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, wow, they really went dark for this one. <laughs> but I mean, I think they probably also realized that the brother was not the uh <laughs> the actor that see, I win. The brother was yeah. not the actor, <laughs> so they killed him off right away. <laughs> Larry, what do you think of this actor? Kill him. Kill him <laughs> off. <laughs> we just we just need him to transition to the two movies and then he's out. <laughs> and then and then the parents really didn't do very much at all in the first movie, so there's no need for them in the second movie. <laughs> yeah, no, they they but the funny thing was the father was a different father. The mother and the, the yes! brother were the same. The father was the uh the um principal from uh Breakfast Club. <laughs> yes, I know. I'm like that is not the same guy at all. I don't know, I don't know what's happening here, but anyway. And he got yeah, the that, horns of Tarek. Yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought that was really odd. Considering he was only in it for like 10 minutes, why? I don't know why they- couldn't. Maybe the other guy didn't want to do it or something or who yeah, knows why. 
Ooh, the, uh, and, awesome. and Tarek was played by, who's like the big baddie in it, was played by the guy that plays the giant in, um, in Twin Peaks. And, oh, is that right? Yeah, and he's also was in the Adams family. He played um, the, Lurch. the yeah Lurch. Oh, so, really? Yeah, did not know that. You were way more into this movie than I. Thought yeah, you- I was really looking up stuff, man. I was like right yeah. into this. This is great. <laughs> and of course, oh, and so anyways, go on with the uh, plot. Yeah, so that's so that's essentially so the girl runs away, um, and and can, like hooks up again with Wicket and all the other, but. The big thing to note in this movie is that in the six months since the last movie, Wicket has learned to speak English pretty clearly, pretty fluently. Miss. Um, yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So no need for a narrator anymore because Wicket can just talk to you and tell you what's going on. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was like, wow, he and he, but he was the only one who actually learned. Yeah. So, so somehow this four-year-old was able to communicate and, and or six-year-old i guess by this point was able to communicate and talk with wicket and, and everything but none of the other ewoks could speak english <laughs> yeah it was it was i guess it makes sense if they're hanging with the, hanging out with the humans for like six months they'd learn some of the language i guess i guess but i mean you think that wicket would have taught the rest of the tribe <laughs> yeah it was just weird though to hear him speak like it was the yeah. first time he spoke i'm like what yeah, I always had to pause it because I'm like, why is Wicket speaking all of a sudden? <laughs> it was really creepy because you're talking before about his mouth not moving in the other movie. Now yeah. his mouth moved, but it looked really weird. It was like, yes, it did. It was just <laughs> like it literally. It looked like a marionette, or I mean, a like a ventriloquist dummy because yeah. it just like opens and closes. So you see his tongue move, like his real tongue inside, <laughs> but his mouth just like. <laughs> but interestingly now that he can speak english there was not a single yub nub oh and yeah no yub nubs in this <laughs> there are no yub nubs so <laughs> i guess once you've once you've learned english you realize yub nub is just a dumb thing to say so you <laughs> just stop saying it <laughs> you're done you're done with the yub nubs <laughs> exactly <laughs> Uh, yeah, but anyway, so then, uh, yeah, so she's now connected with the with the family, and uh, the the there's there's also now a witch uh, person, like uh, I I don't know what she is. I mean, she's like a sorceress of some sort. Yeah, that works uh, for Tarek. Who works for Tarek? Who's helping to find the power? Oh, but also uh, Tarek, before he kills the or when he before just before he kills the father, finds this power uh source this battery yeah. and holds it up and basically says, it's a ba- basically it's a battery is really what literally, it is yeah. that's what it is and we don't really know why he wants it because it's the only thing it's going to do is power a like a spaceship and he doesn't yeah. have a spaceship so i don't really know why i, I, have, a, I have a theory for that okay we'll hear that in a minute but the my my first i don't know if it's a hit or a miss but it made me giggle <laughs> he grabs the when he grabs the power he holds it above his head and he says i have the power <laughs> like what is this is like a he-man uh nod <laughs> i just thought in the middle of the 80s that was such an iconic line i have the power why would they have yeah why would they put that, that in there <laughs> anyway i just thought that was funny <laughs> so then the whole the whole rest of the movie is just essentially uh the little girl and and the the Tarek trying to figure out how this power cell works and he believes that the little girl is the only one who can tell him how it works so yeah. there's this like capture the girl and the girl trying to s- stay away from Tarek. that's really the movie <laughs> but also in the meantime they they've uh, befriended a a grumpy old man played by wilford brimley Right. As well. And then so he helps them go rescue the little girl and rescues all the Ewoks who have been captured at the beginning of the movie, um, who have been taken back to the castle as well. Yeah. And And don't don't, don't forget, they've also befriended uh, a really creepy looking mutant Ewok. (laughs) (laughs) Who looks like kind of a monkey, like a white monkey. It's both a hit and a miss on this character. So uh, the hit is that he is like a fully uh, animatronic like creation so he has movement of his eyes and his nose wrinkles and his mouth moves and his ears wiggle like fully um animated face like he actually moves so that's the hit but then they didn't do anything with the ewoks so they're still like their eyes are still fixed in one place and their mouth (laughs) like if you're gonna go to the trouble of making one of the characters like fully animated and move around why wouldn't you just update the uh the ewoks so they can or at least wicket because wicket's in the whole movie exactly so those mouth moves what else can you ask for (laughs) i guess there's that but he just stood out 
like he really stood out because he was so like the animatronic was so much more advanced than anything else that they, that we saw on screen. Yeah, apparently. So it was there was a person in that costume at times. Yeah. Um, and then there was two different shots. There was like the shot of like when it was just walking around with them and stuff. And then there was the close ups were the animatronic. And then there was shots with the person in the costume as well. Right. And that because same person also played Wicket sometimes as well. Really? Because because of the uh, they had a lot of children on the set. This is one right. thing I, I learned about this was there were so many children on the set that the girl, the main girl, um, what was her name again? Um Sindel. Sindel. She could only work for two hours a day because she was so young. Oh, right. So they said anytime there was a uh, they had another person play her um from behind. So and every time you saw that, that wasn't her. Like oh. so anytime she was not facing the camera that was somebody else Interesting. And, and anytime they had she had lines and you could see her that was uh because they, they only had her for so long so they had to like kind of work around that so they only yeah. did like each day yeah. so it was kind of cool well they had a really good um uh, wig hair and wig department then because the i never the, i wouldn't have known that was somebody known. it was a, it was a very good wig <laughs> that, they, that she was wearing because yeah they did a good job with that but uh but this now i can't remember his name twick twig the, the oh uh, yeah i think it was twig twig or something twig, twig. or something tweak, <laughs> tweak. how memorable this character was yeah was, i think it's tweak something yeah. like that uh his his thing was that he has super speed so he he could run but he'd run like incredible he was like the flash he'd yeah. run super fast so he was really helpful uh, helpful to them because he could run in and out of places and do things but anyway yeah, did so he that, ever really help them though like with that super speed was there any part where he actually did anything i can't remember well, I, I mean at one point he the uh Sindel gets captured and put in a jail like a jail cell and the little tweak thing comes like has to get the keys that are on the belt of one of the guards all so right yeah rushes in really quick and grabs the keys and does his little comedic routine <laughs> and then rush, rush rushes back out so i mean he's helped a little bit <laughs> <laughs> i'll give you my here's my theory on that that battery that, that right, yeah. this guy's like I'm assuming because these guys are on a planet, they don't have a spaceship. They've never seen anything like that. It's just more right. it because there's lights flashing on this battery and things like that. They think it's something magical, but uh, it really has, it's really not to yeah. anyone else, but to them it's magical because it's like when C-3PO showed up in uh Jedi, yeah. when he like, like they in the Ewoks think he's, he's a God. It's yeah. the same sort of thing. They've never seen this. So it, they think it must do something because it flashes and it, it's like, it's got to have some sort of magic ability, but it really doesn't. It's just a, right. like the, like a core for the a battery core for a, a spaceship, basically. Right. Like, oh, smart. Okay. I, I buy that. I totally, you're right though. It's exactly like when C3, C3PO shows up and he's shiny and gold and he's obviously yeah. a God, but he's not. So yeah, it's just the, these the people are so primitive. <laughs> yeah. Like it'd be like, if we found something like some piece of alien tech or something, we think oh man this is so cool like but to them it's like that's their bathroom or something like you know what i mean like it's like like we just don't know right so they they just assume they might they assume it's something really cool but it's like what yeah no okay fair enough i i buy that now that makes sense <laughs> um what if there's a uh, kind of a funny fact so they based uh, part of the story is based on the the uh, movie heidi or the book heidi so, because in Heidi, there's a little girl that gets befriended by like a, a grumpy old man in it. Oh, yes. And so that's yeah. where that character between Milford uh, Brimley and her, because he is grumpy, man, in this movie. He, he's grumpy, but it's one of these funny things because like he's grumpy, but he's grumpy to hide the fact that he's a really soft hearted guy. Yeah, you know, he is. He really is. He loves the, he loves the little girl and he loves Wicked, but he's just... He's too much of a man to show love, so he's got to be grumpy. And you better not come in here. But if you do, <laughs> I'm going to give you a nice warm bed to sleep in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like when he just kicks them out too. It's like you two got to get out of here and sleep outside at night. What? Yeah. It's like until until they do that, and then he he realizes, nah, I'm still going to be mad, but you can come back in, and I'll give you a blanket. <laughs> so okay, here's a, here's a funny thing. Now that you've brought that up, that what this movie is based on. I totally felt like this was a, um, a, a, a takeoff on Land of the Lost. Because, oh, yeah. Because all I kept thinking was this little girl, Sindel, was Holly. Uh, Wicket was Chaka. Yeah. Um, and and um, these bad guys that you can see behind you if you're watching the YouTube video, the, uh, the bad guys with the sleestacks 
because yeah. they kind of look like slee stacks there's one scene where they they're wicked and and the little girl find themselves in a cave they're just looking for shelter so they find themselves in a cave and wicket's building a uh, a, a hand glider like a you know like a yeah. hand glider um and he's looking around the cave and he's looking for bones and stuff. And he pulls a bone out from under a what he thinks is a stone, but it's actually a like a dr dragon type creature uh, that's all stop motion animation and it's got wings. And that was totally um, grumpy from Land of the Lost, <laughs> the, the dinosaur who is like constantly like after the after Holly and Chaka. And I'm like, this is literally just an episode of Land of the Lost. <laughs> Apparently that's that scene they had cut a lot out of the movie and they're like we need we need more to make this two hours and that scene was developed after the fact they're like what oh, really? I had this idea for someone hang gliding and that they basically yeah. they kind of developed that whole scene it really has nothing to do with the rest of the movie no. but it was, it was just kind of a cool scene like yeah. so well, and, that, it, and, it, and it was also a throwback to uh, Return of the Jedi because remember there was a hand glide yeah like hand gliding uh, Ewok in that who by the way just passed away. The, the actor who played that hand gliding uh, guy also played um, Tweaky on, on uh, Buck Rogers. Oh, Buck Rogers, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I can't, now I can't remember his name. Uh, I can't remember his name right now. But and he, he, played, he played Cousin It, didn't he, as well? He played, he played Cousin It on the uh, Adams Family. That's two Adams was, Family references we've been able to make right. in the show <laughs> without even talking about Adams Family. No, that's right. It was like a re Adams Family reunion on this, on this show. <laughs> But uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So so it, it made sense for them to have the like a hand gliding a hand gliding scene because yeah, you like went back and you saw him build it. So it worked like that worked as a as a scene. I thought the, the movie it re this reminded me of was Dark Crystal. Like it had oh, like yeah. the the villains in it. Like that whole scene where he where he's on the throne and they're just kind of like milling about, like eating and doing stuff. Remind yeah. me so much of Dark Crystal. Like the oh. like the bird creatures or whatever in that like. Yeah, hundred percent. And even like I said, that at one point they're locked up in these jail cells. the The room where the jail cells were was right out of Dark Crystal. Like it looked totally, like it. Hundred percent reminded me of that. Yeah. Now we're talking about the Dark Crystal the movie and not Dark Crystal: Age of Resistance, right? Because I wouldn't know because I haven't actually watched that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. Talk about the movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, it, there, there was a lot of like callbacks to different eighties sort of things which was nice it was it was kind of it was cool for the time yeah like the villain the, the villains in it the monsters uh were really cool looking i thought like i thought like that whole the special effects in this movie i thought were like crazy good they were really good and i gotta tell you like the the thing that that really clinched it for me was they there's this end battle uh like at the end of at the end of battle for endor i mean there had to have been a battle yes. there was a battle that was as epic as the actual battle for endor on in uh, return of the jedi it was like, really it was well done really well done tons of explosions and bombs and catapults and like it was it was really i was like wow this is exciting <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was really well done but here's here's a little miss for me we okay talking about hits and misses uh talking about battles ewok like native ewok uh weaponry is really really easy to avoid like <laughs> at one point in this middle of this battle the ewoks had a log that was like a full-length log that they had chopped up into like five segments yeah like, so they're like wheels like round wheels and so the they're their theory was as the bad guys are running up a hill they just like let go of this log so each round wheel just rolls down well it's just like a like a round it's like like a, not like six inches wide <laughs> it'd be so easy to not get hit by those you just step to the side and the thing but but of course because it's a movie the bad guys are like oh no <laughs> there's logs coming <laughs> i know <laughs> like you could really easily avoid most <laughs> Ewok traps. <laughs> of course, in those two, everybody has to like step on them or, or get yeah. hit by them or <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like there's no way. But this battle had a lot more explosions, and and the Ewoks actually somehow had access to like bombs because they they created a catapult and like loaded it with like a big cylinder bomb and let it go and so you know would explode so it was, it i was think actually... i think wilfred brimley gave them those i think oh is that who got i, I think that's where they got those from i think they're okay. from him 
So that's why they had, like, that's how they had that technology. Yeah. Um, one of the things I thought was a miss in this movie, and I don't know, maybe it's just me, is that the use of um, the, like the, the fantasy element of it, like yeah. at one point I forgot I was watching like a Star Wars movie and I thought I was watching like a, again, like a, a Willow or something. Like it had a very yeah. fantasy, like in, in both movies, like a lot of magic and a yeah. lot of like creatures that reminded me of something from like watching Conan the Barbarian. Like it was, yeah. it was much different um, than a Star Wars movie. And I'm like, cause no, they don't really, other than the force, they don't really use a lot of magic I, that I can remember in any of the Star Wars films, I, like fantasy I type magic. I no like and this is like like i said before the the sorceress person this witch person had a ring that would transform her into a raven yeah like there was nothing like that on on in any of the star wars movies like that was that was a totally new concept but i kind of i bought into it because like we didn't we don't know very much about endor like yeah. we, we know the Ewoks, like we don't know anybody else about anybody else who really lives on Endor or what they do. And because it's such a primitive planet uh, with that's just like forests and that sort of thing, it seems right that there would be magic and sorcery. And like of all the planets in Star Wars, it seems like Endor would be a good home for like a sorceress and castles and yeah, medieval like, stuff. <laughs> it, it doesn't say there can't be magic. It just, we no. haven't really experienced it in any of the movies. So it just seemed out of place in a way. Like yeah. I felt like I was yeah. watching a completely different type of movie than, than a star Wars movie, but, um, totally. but like it, it, it fit into the boundaries of this movie. I just found it a little odd that there was so much of it because there was, yeah. there was magic as well in the, in the movie before that as well, a little bit here and there. So um, but I feel I feel like that's what that's what we were talking about before that George Lucas was sort of exploring this this sort of like sorcery type because that was so popular in the mid eighties like with yeah. you know Beastmaster and all of those um, those types of fantasy movies that became such a big genre that George Lucas was starting to explore that and that's it was those elements that transferred into the into the um, uh, the willow you know moving yeah. into willow you could really see him like moving away from sci-fi like from space drama <laughs> and space yeah. action to like fantasy action uh, in the, <laughs> it was interesting but it did feel different <laughs> for sure um another I, I this is another mess that i just don't understand um if you have a chance to look at the ewoks battle for endor poster which is behind me who yes. is who is this guy yes <laughs> is it ripley from alien who is it can you there, yeah, that person get, is not in the movie i'm trying to get out of this frame so i can slide so, there we go there he is oh, oh no, move your chair there we go there we go there that person is not in the movie <laughs> i don't like there's it's literally like buck rogers or something well yeah it looks like this adventure i'm like i kept waiting for him to show up because in the yeah. poster so the poster has it's like a classic where it has a whole bunch of characters all kind of melded together and there's this guy that looks like i don't even know who he is he's not in the movie no. at all no. like this character and i don't know who no. he is but he on the he's he's front and center on the poster yeah and he's it's sitting a, there, he's got like his, an entire, entire storyline was cut from the movie after they released the poster. <laughs> I couldn't find any information on him. I'm like, who is this dude? Like, like I don't know if they, that was just an original sort of artwork for it because he was not in this movie at all. I don't know who he is. But but, I, uh, but there are multiple, I thought it was maybe there are, there are multiple posters with him in it. Like there's the there's the one that you're sitting in front of right now, but there's another one for um the because there was a, a scholastic book like a, a book version for kids. He's on that as well. Like that's that's the artwork that they were using. So I, I'm like I don't understand this. Like who is this person? You I know I, I was I'm like I was waiting for him to show up. I thought it was gonna be sort of like a like a Han Solo type character yeah. to kind of stumble upon or something. Never shows up in it. We got Wilford Brimley, but we didn't get this guy. I don't know. Maybe no, it was him when he was young. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe that's maybe that's who. Well, okay. So home, maybe it was. So one of the other storylines in this movie in this movie is Wilford Brimley crash landed on this planet years ago. That's why he's on Endor, and he crash landed with his co-pilot or his somebody else um, named Selak, um, yeah. and then Selak went off to try to find. The, a power source and never came back and that was years ago and so Wilford Brimley says you know I assume he's probably dead so uh, and then later on in the movie you find out that yes he was he was 
captured by um, Tarek and his bad guys and put in this dungeon, this this prison cell that we were talking about, and his skeleton is there. Maybe that guy sitting behind you is Selek. Maybe they actually had a like a backstory on this guy. That's the only thing I can come up with. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why he's on the cover. Like maybe just look cooler if you had like some other person on the cover, but I don't know. Like and- I don't know if Wilford Brimley really sells it. No. <laughs> like, you know what I mean on a cover of a, of a movie but... I don't think he would no nope. <laughs> yeah maybe you're right like maybe they needed a, like a Han Solo type thing going on but they just they they failed on that 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 is an epic fail like an epic yeah, yeah when there's characters on the poster that look like their main characters who aren't even in the movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> that is a big miss right there for that <laughs> I've got one more major uh, major hit all right. That I thought was a major hit was okay. Wilford Brimley dropping an F bomb in the what? movie. How did that happen? I, and I watched it back. I got so obsessed with it. I kept watching it back. I'm like, he didn't just say the yeah. F bomb, did he? And I'm like, so I kept. So there's a part in the movie where he gets the power source and yes. he puts it into his old ship and he turns yeah. a button to see, or turns a flick to see if it's going to power the ship. Yeah. And it doesn't at first. And then he swears. Yeah. But I'm like, this is like on TV. This is a kid's movie for TV. Yeah. And I'm like, did he just say that? And I went back and I watched it like six times. And he said, and I know for a fact, that's what he said. Then I looked, yeah. then I went to like YouTube things and other things. And he did, apparently he did. And no one caught it or something. Really? So that is actually, cause I, I caught, I know exactly the, the scene you're talking about. I didn't rewind it a bunch of times, but it instantly sounded like that to me. Like inst- as soon as he said, I'm like, wait a minute what it's, it's so, not 100 percent confirmed but like there's other i've seen other videos where people are saying like like he's famous for dropping this f-bomb in this movie apparently that's awesome it like, is clear as day like it is like it's, it's no exactly question. what he says like i know it yeah. is because i watched it like a bunch yeah. of times. like there's no way he didn't say that and it was like oh no, because it actually shocked me when he said it yeah and what's interesting is that even since they posted this on disney plus that they haven't cut that like they, Maybe they don't even know about it like it was i i did see things where like like um because he died like a few years ago wilford brimley yeah, yeah. and there i saw i found an article where it, it's like his claim to fame is like one of his claim to fames is swearing in this ewok really? movie yeah it, i like there's no way disney doesn't know about this it's it's out there it's just maybe they're just sort of not making a big deal of it or something i mean I they know. forgot about it or something maybe yeah. maybe they they didn't think he did i don't know like Maybe maybe after we maybe after we post this podcast and the whole world hears this us talking about it, Disney will be like, "Oh, we should probably do something about that." Yep, yep. <laughs> it's out there, Loop and Larry. They're on to us. <laughs> I just it shocked me. Like, I mean, a kid wouldn't have picked it up. I don't think, no. but as an adult, my ear was like, "Whoop!" <laughs> like, yep. As soon as I heard it, I was like, yep. "It's definitely swearing." And, but yeah, I rocked it back like three or four times. Just to, like, it's like, like, there's no way he just said that. And I'm like, yeah, I'm positive yeah, he, he did. Huh? Yeah, he said it. But it was funny because it it was in character. Like it, like he was such a grumpy old man. It totally is what he would have said. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So it wasn't it wasn't shocking. It was only shocking because it's a kids movie and it shouldn't be there. But it wasn't shocking that it would have been more shocking if the little girl had said it. <laughs> <laughs> now that so, would have been awesome <laughs> yeah <laughs> but there it was it made sense like it it kind of gave that gave the movie a little bit more like edge <laughs> yeah it did it. super edgy movie because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> there's one f-bomb right right near the end of it <laughs> yeah. what, what else uh, i do you have any more hits or misses no i think i think i've covered everything <laughs> so what's your what's your take on both these movies before we go I, I honestly think that they still hold up. I really enjoyed them. Um, and like I said, it was the first time I've seen them probably since 1984 or 1985. I, I don't think I've seen them unless they've been on TV, like in repeats, but I don't, I didn't remember either of them. Um, oh, the one thing that we did uh, forget to mention in uh, battle, the battle for Endor, that was the first um, appearance of the Borgs. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the creatures that uh, um, John Favreau used in The Mandalorian, that uh, the, uh, the Ugnaught, yeah, Jim, the Ugnaught Jim, <laughs> <laughs> he used to walk around the two-legged, those big, like, yeah. bulbous 
things. Those are called blurgs, and they came from, they were based on the creatures on the Battle for Endor. They are exactly the same creatures. So oh, it, awesome. was a, it was a deep cut that John Favreau pulled out of there because, I mean, nobody had seen these movies for decades. And so, you know, they, they look like a new, a new creature, but nope, they came from the Battle of Endor. So if you watch Battle of Endor, they're all stop motion animation and they play a pretty big role in it. Like yeah. they're, in it, they're in it a fair bit. So it's just, it's a cool throwback to, uh, it just makes Mandalorian, like those little Easter eggs in Mandalorian even cooler when you see the original stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, so it I, holds up for me. Yeah, it totally holds up for me. I thought the special effects were good in both. I went in thinking, oh God, this is going to be horrible. Yep. <laughs> And I was thoroughly entertained in both. I thought they both did a good job. The talking wicket still creeps me out a little bit. Um, I don't, I, I understand it made sense that he could talk, but I was just sort of like, it just, it was weird. It was too weird for me. But uh, other than that, I thought it was, I thought they were both fantastic and they're worth, if you're a Star Wars fan at all, they're worth a watch. hundred sure. percent. They really are. But, but it is important to watch them in order, like watch Caravan of Courage first yeah, and, and the Battle for because they really are like a part one and part two. So um, you do get backstory uh, from from the first one. So you can't really watch them out. I mean, you, you can watch them out of order if you want to, but you get way more out of it watching them in order. But uh, but hundred percent, they they hold up, and I I will revisit them. I'll you know not not right away, but uh, I'll definitely watch them again, uh, especially now that I want to hear the Star the Star Trek uh, theme playing through it. Yeah, and I still want to find out who this dude is behind me. Yes. <laughs> Who is that guy? <laughs> We're going to put you on this. So by the next podcast, you need to have a report. I, I'm going to, uh, this is going to be my new thing. I'm going to try to yeah. find out like the secrets behind that guy on the cover yeah. and who this guy is. That's, <laughs> that's the plan. So everybody stay tuned for our next episode where you'll find out who the mystery man is on the <laughs> battle for under poster. <laughs> I feel like it's someone that they they originally were going to base it around. So they did the they made the poster before they actually wrote the movie, yeah. And then they realized yeah. that his character doesn't work, and they took him out, but they just kept the poster. I don't know. Yeah, they'd already paid for it. It's done. <laughs> so let's just keep. I'm it. not going to be able to sleep until I know who this guy is. Yeah. Basically, yeah. <laughs> this is big news. This is important stuff we need to figure out. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the end of our show again check us out on all our socials and uh we we've been posting a lot more lately and we've got some uh, other cool things we're gonna be posting soon um when i say that i, I don't know what that means but you know <laughs> you just you just throw you throw things like that out as if like people are gonna be like oh i can't wait and we then have we have to really what they exciting, are. really really exciting things coming up you just wait <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's just a common thing to say you know when you have, when you do anything on youtube or on a podcast like, <laughs> We got lots of stuff coming up, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's gonna be great. So just uh, check out check out our socials, and uh, we'll see you next time on Loop and Larry Guardians of Geek. Bye bye. Produced by Matthew C. Loop and Lawrence Simner, a Loop and Larry production. Bueller. He likes it. Hey, Mikey. Bueller. Bad news. Fog is getting thicker. And Leon's getting larger. Inconceivable. Brian's right. It's an elf. Wax on. Does Barry Manilow know that you raid his wardrobe? Oh, Captain, my Captain. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. Wax off.